If you're looking for a little dose of inspiration today and a little idea of what's possible with grit, determination, and a clear vision, then this is an episode you don't want to miss. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. My guest today is Michelle Seiler Tucker, and she is the founder and CEO of Seiler Tucker Incorporated. She holds the M and AMI Merger and Acquisitions Master Intermediary title, as well as Certified Merger and Acquisitions Professional and Certified Senior Business Analyst. Michelle also owns many other businesses in several different industries. As a 20-year veteran in the M&A industry, she is regarded as the leading authority on buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses. Her and her firm have sold over a thousand businesses in almost every vertical and have a remarkable track record of success. In addition to being featured in Inc., Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, and USA Magazine, Michelle is an international keynote speaker and makes regular radio and TV appearances on Fox Business News and CNBC. She's the best-selling author of the book Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth and has a new book called Exit rich. Today's interview is one that is inspirational, but also very strategic in what you can be doing to grow a business that you want to sell. I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So Michelle, tell me, have you always been in the business of selling businesses? I haven't. (laughs) I've been in the business of selling businesses for the last 20, 21, 22 years. Before that, I was always an entrepreneur. I've owned different businesses in different verticals, but it's it's been a little over 20 years I've been selling company. What made you made the shift? How did you get into the business of selling businesses? So, you know, as a little girl, I always told my mom that I was never going to have a job. I told my mom I was never gonna, going to go to work for anyone. And so I owned many different businesses in different verticals, but I did get a job. Xerox actually recruited me as a high-volume sales associate. And then within six months, it promoted me to regional vice president of the South, overseeing a hundred salespeople. And I hated it. <laughs> and I was right. You know, when I tell my mom, I really didn't want to work for somebody else. So I ended up transitioning out of Xerox into another company I started, which was a franchise sales, franchise consulting, franchise development business. And I was a, an equity holder with different franchisors. But then I had so many buyers that kept asking me for existing businesses. And I'm like, well, that's not what we do. We we don't have existing businesses. We sell franchises. And so I'm all about law of attraction. Bob Proctor, you know, is, is one of my favorite people was. Unfortunately, he passed away. But I said, gosh, why why am I not doing this? If this these many people are asking me, <laughs> there's got to be something here. 
So a little over 20 years ago, I transitioned into m and I remember going to my very first mergers and acquisition conference in Las Vegas. I walked in a room and there were over 3,000 men who all looked the same. And they said, honey, you're at the wrong convention. Dermatology is down the hall. And I said, honey, I think you're, you guys went to a fun convention. I'm here to sell lemonade. And so anyway, like I said, that was a little over 20 plus years ago. And so did you start with one company? Selling? Yeah. Yeah. One company, one brick and mortar company at a time. <laughs> what was it? How did they find you? How did you get? One of the very first companies I saw was a restaurant bar. And that was a referral from an attorney friend of mine. Nice. And then from there, how did it grow? How did you get, you know, some of your new businesses? Yeah. So I was very connected because remember, I've been in franchise sales, franchise development, franchise consulting. So I had lots of buyers, but a lot of referrals from, you know, previous business relationships, attorneys, CPAs. I also wrote my very first book in 2013 called Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth. And when I wrote that book, it was really a game changer because, you know, I'm in an industry where we can't brag about what businesses we sell because we're selling mostly private companies and private means private. So you have to get the provision of the seller and the buyer and everybody in order to talk about it. So I was really the best kept secret. I was helping all these business owners exit rich and sell their company, but nobody knew who I was. And so I mentor at one point said, why don't you just write a book about what you do? and educate business owners, you know, there's a better way to go about this process. And that's what I did in 2013. And that was a game changer. It was huge credibility, huge exposure. It got me into ink for the very first time. It opened up different interviews for me as well. So we get a lot of referrals, you know, like I said, referrals. We do all the marketing stuff you're supposed to do, like the SEO and Google and social media and email campaigns, telemarketing. Etc. But the majority of our leads really come from our interviews. They come from my podcast. I've been on over probably almost 400 podcasts now. And I have my own podcast, Exit Ridge. But they come from all those interviews. They come from radio interviews, TV interviews. And they come from my, my books. The, my most recent book, Exit Ridge, has been a huge lead generator. That's great. You know, everybody says, oh, if you got a book in you, that's your, that's your best business calling card. But for some people, Michelle, getting that book out, Getting it from your brain onto paper into something that's readable is really tricky. How did you go about that process? And, and you're right, Sheila. I mean, I have so many friends that always tell me, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I will always say, well, don't talk about it. Just do it. <laughs> Nike says, just do it. <laughs> and so for me, like I said, I had a mentor, Raymond Aaron, that wrote Chicken Soup for the Canadian Soul. And he kind of helped me with the process about, you know, start with the table contents figure out what you're going to write about with the table of contents, kind of organize it that way, and then just start writing. And what I learned about myself, well, I was always a writer. Like in school, I would write short stories. I would write poems. I write lyrics and things of that nature. So I always enjoyed writing. But what I found that was so important for me is just to dedicate a time block. So for me, I've written four books. My time block is six weeks. And I'm like, I can't do this more than six weeks. Or I'll lose my mind. Wow. And, the, and the six weeks I always do during the most difficult time, which is the holidays. So I usually start writing my book right before Thanksgiving. And I end somewhere in the middle of January. And it's holidays. So we have friends over, family over and stuff. But what I do is I get up usually by 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And I write, 
you know, through the morning when nobody's bugging me, I tell all my companies, because I do a multiple different companies, I'm like, don't bother me unless there's a fire. <laughs> and it better be a real fire. <laughs> and so I tell everybody not to bother me. I tell my family, my guests, don't bother me till cocktail hour. <laughs> and I just get it out. And what I do is I don't worry about perfection. So many writers want it to be perfect. You know, first and foremost, there's no such thing as perfect. <laughs> so I just need to get it out of my head. So I get everything out of my head on the paper. I don't even go back and edit it. I wait. And I keep writing and writing and writing and writing. And if I come against the mental block, then I'll go back and start editing. But mostly I don't because I'm writing about my experiences. I'm writing about being in the trenches for the last 20 years, helping buyers and sellers, you know, buy, sell, fix, grow companies. So... I thought, you know, for me, it's just that dedication is, is doing that one thing. They're not six week time block. I will do it every year. If I did it every year, I would get burned out. Yeah. And, you know, the main thing is, like I said, just get your ideas out on paper and don't worry about perfection. Love that. I think that's such a lesson for life too. You know, we, we keep waiting to, to get things out, to launch things, to sell the next thing, it, it, waiting until it is just that perfect yeah. spot. And there's no such thing as perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. We're all in development, Michelle. You mentioned Bob Proctor and the law of attraction. Tell me how he or that concept of the law of attraction came into your world and how you really used it to grow your business. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a good question. I'm not a law of attraction guru like, you know, some of my friends are. I've got friends that, oh my gosh, I live on the vision boards and we want to live by it. And you know, I watched the movie The Secret. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, for me, it's just really paying attention to the universe. It's really putting out there what I am going to achieve. You know, believe you will achieve, visualizing it like they do in The Secret. And really just putting it out there in the universe and focusing on, you know, what you want, not focusing on what you don't want. Because so many pe- people focus on what they don't want. They don't want to be in bed anymore. They don't want to work for their boss anymore. They don't have a job anymore. You know, they don't want to be broke. And you got to really focus on what you do want. You want to be debt free. You want to be, you know, multi-married. You know, you want to be an entrepreneur that helps other entrepreneurs. You know, focus on what you do want, not on what you don't want. And for me, what has helped me really stay tuned in is my daughter. I have an 11 year old daughter. And so every day on the way to school, you know, she wants to listen to music. Well, it's a listen to junk for the brain. I'm like, no. And I put on Bob Proctor. <laughs> so every day we listen to Bob Proctor tape and it's really teaching her, you know, about law of attraction. It's teaching her to focus on the positive and not to be negative. And we do our affirmations every day on the way to school. I have her do our affirmations. I do mine. And I think it really helps us to tune in and it helps me to be more tuned in by teaching her. I love that. I love that. Michelle, I'm sure that it hasn't always been a smooth sale. Oh, no. You know, when you tell the story, it's like, oh, I did this, and then I got an M&A's, and I got my first client, and, you know, and it's sort of like that beautiful glossy. Tell me, Michelle, what the most, what have been the trickiest parts of this journey for you? Oh, my gosh. I've had so many tricky parts. I'm still having tricky parts, you know. Sure. I never go away. I'm still having challenges. Like, to, you know, gosh, sometimes I think, wow, I really got this. You know, I really got this. Everything's great. And then, bam. Something happens. <laughs> Literally a 15 second switch, isn't it? 
It really is. Yeah. But I've had many, many tricky parts along the way. I remember my very first closing. One of my very first closings was a disaster because we needed the a lease for the property. It was a flower shop and we needed a lease for the property. And the landlords were out of the country. They were in Europe. And I went to, you know, an attorney that was recommended to do the closing. And I said, well, we can't close because we don't have a lease. He said, no, 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 we can still close. You can use this tool. I said, really? He goes, yeah. So I'm dependent upon and relying upon this attorney, right? So we go to the closing with buyer and seller. They get to all the closing documents and they're like, okay, where's the lease? And I said, well, we don't have the lease because they're in Europe. And the attorney goes, well, you can't close without a lease. Completely opposite of what he told me. Completely threw me under the bus. Made me look like an idiot in front of my clients. And we didn't end up closing that day. So how do you handle stuff like that? Close to weeks later. Well, you know, I was very upset at the time. Very upset. Talked to my husband like, am I in the right industry? You know, but here's the deal. I mean, you can get, you have the right to get upset. You don't have the right to quit. You have the right to get upset. You have the right to vent. You have the right to feel what you feel. But at the end of the day, you need to learn from it and move on. Fell forward. Don't fell backwards. Where does your strength come from? You know, that's a good question. That takes pure grit, my friend. I've been there. I've done that. I get it. Where does your grit come from? You know, that's a good question because, you know, when I'm hiring employees now, I made it this conscious decision about a week ago. (laughs) I'm only hiring employees with grit. And so we're really, you know, basing our questions around grit. And where does my grit come from? You know, I didn't grow up in the best of childhood. You know, we grew up very, my mom was always shopping at Goodwill. Always, you know, I tell her hand out, how many gals because our brothers. <laughs> and they were all significantly taller than me. But we always shopped at Goodwill. And my mom would always like cut the price tags off, high stuff with my dad. She didn't want that dad to know she was spending money. There's always, you know, a lot of negative association, negative talk around money with my father, especially. And then my mother always trying to hide things from him. And I think that has a lot to do with it. It's how I was raised. And it does, do you find that there's those lessons you, you pull on from them regularly, your day to day? I don't know if they're lessons I pull on from day to day. I think I just, because of the way I grew up, I always grew up saying, Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Oh, but I may get, you know, and maybe there are lessons I pull from, you know, I probably don't give it enough thought, but I think, you know, I always say I'm going to make it no matter what. I'm not mm-hmm. going to like this. I'm not going to raise my daughter like this. We have a positive relationship around money. You know, we don't have a negative relationship. So I just try to do the opposite of how I was raised. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really interesting, isn't it? You're rewriting the story for you and your daughter. Yeah, you know, you have to because you can't continue to live in the past because you'll just get more of the same. Mm-hmm. And you re- you really have to rewrite your story because you can't, you're not in control of what happened to you as, as a kid. You're in control of what happens to you now. You make the decisions. You're the producer of your movie. You write the happy ending. <laughs> You know, something that I, when I was researching you in, in prep for today, you know, you are one of the... Two percent of women who've built million dollar plus companies mm-hmm. was a million dollars always in your radar. Did you always know you'd be able to do it, or was was that a driving force? You know, as a as a kid, I wasn't really thinking about making new. You know, I didn't even know if I ever knew what a million was as a kid. I just wanted to not live in a trailer. Mm-hmm. 
live in a trailer park. And, that's how, like, and there's nothing wrong with trailers, and there's nothing wrong with trailer parks, and there's nothing wrong with shopping. And well, but I yeah. wanted more, you yes, know, more. And I didn't want to have to live paycheck to paycheck or hide, you know, money from my husband. So I think it was always that goal is to be independent, to be financially secure, to have a better quality of life versus setting out saying, I'm going to be a millionaire. Now I say it. Now I say I'm going to be a multimillionaire. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I'm going to be, you know, a billionaire. Now I say it. But as a kid, you know, I didn't really, I don't think I had that mindset as yeah. a kid, you know. What about when you were starting out selling franchises? Yeah, when I was selling franchise, you know, I was making really good money, much better than I was being paid. I mean, I had a great package at Xerox. I had a high salary, great benefits. Yeah. I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, you know. And again, you know, I didn't really start law of attraction so much later in life, but I knew again that I want to be successful. I knew, but I also want other people to be successful. It's not mm-hmm. just me be successful. I want franchisees to buy the right, you know, franchise model to, to help grow their wealth and provide a better quality of life for their family. I, I've never been just focused on me. It's always been about my clients and what can I do for my clients. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm so successful in merchants and acquisitions is because, yeah, the money's great, but changing lives is better. <laughs> and helping business owners who have made so many sacrifices along the way you know, some of these business, I mean, we go into business to have a better quality of life, right? We go into business to have financial freedom. But so many business owners are really have created more of a job than a business. Yeah. And I mean, I just talked to a gentleman the other day. He says, I never made it to any of my kids' soccer games, none of their football games, none of their plays, nothing. He hasn't taken a vacation in nine years. And I go, well, that wasn't what you set out to do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So, or I just, you know, I'm trying to help business owners become more sustainable, scale their business. So when they're ready, they do have a sellable asset and really help them have a quality life versus just, you know, being married to the business. Yeah. I read a statistic the other day. One of the things we're building is a micro lending platform behind the scenes here. It should be coming out in the next two months. And one of the statistics I came across is that 88% of women owned businesses never earn enough to pay the woman above poverty line. Wow. 88%. Wow. Where did that statistic come from? I'll have to pull the source. I think I read it on maybe Women's First Bank. I can't remember where I saw it, but it was an astounding number of, you know, here's these women building, building businesses that are impacting the economy, impacting society, changing the world. And yet they themselves are the sacrificial lamb Mm-hmm. In the whole process. Well, that's really bad. Yeah, it is. Cool. It is. <laughs> it's startling. But, I, and I think it's us up to us and like for this gentleman, you know, why are you tolerating it? Why are, why are you tolerating this not giving you the quality of life? Well, a lot of it, you have to go back and look at your childhood because I asked him about his father and his father was a workaholic. It's already modern to go to any of his games. So, you know, the apple does always fall, fall far from the tree, right? Yeah. So a lot of that has to do with his childhood. And, th- and that's a lot of owners. Like when I partner with owners, because I do partner with owners investing my money, quick comments, his resources, and I put them on what's called a built-to-sell plan, you know, within five years. And I always make sure, because I really interview them to make sure that I can grow them. Mm-hmm. And I will never grow a business beyond what I can grow a owner. 
And owners make so many decisions and sabotage their company and sabotage their life because of their childhood. And they're making decisions that they're not even conscious that they're making them. But it all stems from childhood experiences. You know, like I have partners that pretty much fire everybody they ever hire or they treat them so badly that everybody quits. <laughs> and the reason for that is because they were both abandoned. And they were both, you know, ha- they both suffer abandonment issues. So they're testing. They're constantly testing people to see, are you going to leave me? Can I trust you? Are you going to leave that or what? And they can, they can, they continuously test. So you'll never build a business bill which you can build on. That's phenomenal. That's probably why that law of attraction and Bob Proctor has been such a pivotal role within your journey is doing that inner work, understanding, you know, this is where I came from, got it, but this is what I want and where I'm going. Right, right. And then you have to take it one step further because you could say that all day long, but unless you really change the habits, you know, then the outcome's not going to change. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for and, sure. And there's so many habits. It's, it's your paradigm. You know, Bob Proctor talks about and kind of change paradigm. Like if an employee is always late, but then you correct them, write them up, you know, they'll be on time for a few days, but then they're back to being late again because they have to change your paradigm. Same thing with your financial financial thermostat. I, I read a book one time called Knowing Our Mindset by T. Mm-hmm. Becker. Have you read that book? Mm-hmm. Sure. It's a great book. You know, and that's one of the first things I ask brokers who are coming to work for me. I'm like, what's the most you've ever made? And if they've never made a hundred thousand before, they're probably not going to make a hundred thousand with me because they have to change that paradigm. Yeah. That's fantastic. Two more questions and I'm going to let you go. Question number one, what do you know now that you wished you knew when you started your business? A couple of things. Number one, get a mentor early on. I didn't get a mentor until 2011. I already been in business. 12 years or 10 years of M&A and then I've owned other businesses and I still own other businesses, but get a mentor early on, but not just any mentor. You know, I've seen so many business owners make mistakes because they'll go to the event and they'll hire somebody who speaks on stage. Just because they speak on stage doesn't mean they're successful. Yes. <laughs> and there's many, many of these guys, and I say guys, you know, a couple women too, but they're renting a home, they're renting a car, <laughs> they don't own anything and they really don't have that, that much money in their bank account. So you got to be very careful and you got to do your due diligence and you got to look for a mentor that's been down the road and wants to travel. You want to get somebody who's highly successful and you need different mentors at different stages. Because if, if you have a $5 million company, you want to build a $20 million company, what got you there won't get you here. Mm-hmm. So you got to do things differently. So you need different mentors at different stages. I think the other big one is really paying attention to the law of attraction in the universe sooner and having those goals like I'm going to be a billionaire like I said I never really had that early on and you know really planning out that vision board you know kind of like John Ashcraft how his little boy is like what's in this box and he put out the vision board and it was a home that he had cut out and put on his vision board he was living in that exact same house (laughs) that's amazing yeah so I think it's a little things like that but I think a mentor is so important because I always say it's hard to read the label from the inside of the bottle. You need an outsider's perspective to keep you out of the danger zone. I keep you to read the warning signs to keep you out of the danger zone. And a lot of times you're too close to it. You're too close to it because you're emotionally attached. Yeah. Yeah. And you really, really, really need a mentor to see things you don't see. Amazing. Now you're releasing a book. 
tell us what tell us about your book and then I'll ask you my final question. Sure. So yes, I well I, I wrote Exit Rich in twenty nineteen. Both to launch in twenty twenty, but then we had this thing called the pandemic. <laughs> I've heard about it. <laughs> so we ended up launching in June of twenty twenty one. So this now in May, we're launching Exit Rich audio version and Exit Rich book became the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. So with the audio version, we're trying to reach even more people and make more lists, of course, and educate more, more people around the world. And so that comes out in May. So for the month of May, it's for $2.99. And then after that, it goes back up to $24.79. But a little bit about Exit Rich. So Steve Forbes endorsed Exit Rich. And Steve Forbes says, Exit Rich is a must-read because so many business owners leave way too much money on the table when they go to sell their business and they wait too long. And Sharon Lecter, or I don't know if you're part of Sharon Lecter, she wrote Rich Dad, Rich Dad Poor Dad, with Father oh, yes. Taki. Mm-hmm. And so she's my co-author. And she writes the Mentor's Corner after each chapter. And then Kevin Harrington, the original shark on Shark Tank, wrote the board. Then we got some really powerful testimonials. But Exit Rich is not about selling your business. Exit Rich is actually, because Steve Forbes says 80% of businesses on the market will never sell. Mm-hmm. So that means you have less than a 20% chance of success, which is pretty scary. And so Exit Rich is all about building a business, not a job. Get yourself out of the job mentality. Get yourself out of thinking that your business is your baby because it's not. And you have your kids at home. Go home, love them, kiss them, love them. Treat your business as the asset that it is. And so it's all about building a sustainable, scalable, sellable business from the beginning. Not waiting till catastrophe occurs and then trying to maximize value because you'll never maximize value during catastrophe. So it's all about building that sustainable business that you can scale that can run without you because you really want to create a business, not a job that you have to go work at every day because you want that financial freedom. You want that better quality of life. For you and your children, you want to make sure you set your family up for success if something was to happen to you. So exit riches for any entrepreneur, anybody looking to buy a business, start a business, that owns a business, even management. And then when you buy exit rich, the hard cover or the audio version, we you become a lifetime membership of the Exit Rich Book Club. So we have documents to operate your business like policy procedure manuals, org charts, non-competes. To sell your business, we have sample prospectuses, sample purchase agreements, letter of intents, diligence checklists, closing docs, all the documents you need to operate a successful business and sell a business maximum value are there for your download when you buy a script. Oh, that's fantastic. What's next for you? What's next for me? That's a good question. I'm going to write more books because I love to write. I can't do it. I just skip two to three years because I need a break. <laughs> like I said, if I did that every year. It would be detrimental, but I'm definitely going to write a few more books. We have some big things in the making that I can't really talk about yet because I've signed some NDAs. But what's next for me is really to continue to do what I do, but do it on a much bigger scale. I would love to really get some good, strong female entrepreneurs and open up more summer trucker offices around the country, especially single moms. You know, that's, that's, I have a soft spot for single moms. So that's next for us is to build some type of offices throughout the country. Like I said, write more books and they'll continue to help change lives. That's fantastic. I know that some of the listeners are going to want to be following you, learn more about you. Where should we be sending them? So several places. Number one, I have a podcast called Exit Rich. So come out and listen to my podcast. And we really have great guests who have built multi-million dollar companies and sold them. So there's a lot of content, a lot of 
you know, skills, lessons to learn there. You can follow me on social media on Facebook. I'm Michelle Seiler hyphen Tupper. <laughs> but everywhere else, I'm Michelle Seiler Tucker on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, all on the social media platforms. If you really want to connect, you can go to SeilerTucker.com. That's my website. And if you really want to see what kind of business you have, you can go to SeilerTuckerAcademy.com. And you can really take the 6P quiz to see what your, because we talked about the infrastructure, building your business on the proper infrastructure using the 6Ps and exit rich. So you can see what are your strongest piece? What are your weakest piece? You can also see by now what type of business to know because we have that quiz on Salatuffa Academy as well. Great. We will put the links to all of those in the show notes. Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing today. Thank you for your time today and wishing you nothing but the best. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. If you found value in what you've heard today, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review. You might just get a shout-out on an upcoming episode, and you never know when I'm going to be mailing some surprise treats to our reviewers. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when new episodes are released. Are you looking for a way to connect with other entrepreneurs that are facing the same challenges as you? I'd love to connect with you in the Road to 7 Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there. Together, we'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.